You're listening to Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. The content of this radio show is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health professional with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Welcome to One Soul Radio, an interactive conscious conversation grounded in psychology and inspired by spirit with Steve Hassenberg and Kelly Alpert. Hello, everyone, and welcome to One Soul Radio here on Unity Online Radio. This is the show for you and by you, a virtual community creating conscious conversation and the opportunity to have a place to delve a little bit deeper into life in a way that you may not do on your own. We are the show that is grounded in psychology and inspired by spirit, offering you a unique perspective from both worlds at the same time. My name is Callie Alpert. I'm here in the central Hudson Valley in New York with my dear friend and co-host, spiritual psychotherapist, Steve Hassenberg. Well, it's great to see you again. It's great to see you again. Our listeners, I think, know that we can see each other even though we can't see them and they can't see us. We can, and I'm learning something about communication today. Oh, really? Yeah. Do you need to... Go ahead. From you. We're doing a great job because we're already interrupting each other. (laughs) So do you think, anybody out there think, that human communication has gone to the, you know what? Would you consider yourself to be a good communicator or could you use a little bit of help? Perhaps being more expressive or less controlling in conversations. What's your relationship with technology? Are you, like many people, lost in the overwhelm of texts and emails, or do you still choose extended conversations and eye contact? Are you as good a listener as you are a talker? Things to consider. So today, is is good communication a lost art? We will establish different communication styles, talk about what's really behind 21st century communication and the lack thereof and help you up your communication game so you can express and be heard in the most successful way. Well, that's a big topic, Callie. Right? And we're wow. promising big, so we're going to... We really are. We're setting the, we're setting the bar high. So Very hopefully high we'll standards here. Hey, why not, right? <laughs> so what do you... I'm curious. What do you, yeah. I don't think I've asked you this question what? when we were doing the pre-production. What do you consider um, good communication? I consider good communication, the first thing that comes to mind, a good listener. Mm -hmm. That's the first thing. That's even before a good speaker. Mm -hmm. And so if somebody's a good listener, that means they can be quiet inside. And they can take in kind of the width and breadth of what somebody is trying to tell them. Right. And be able to feed it back with a certain amount of wisdom and knowledge. I like that. Thank you. Um, And before I tell you my version of what I think good communication is and just how I would define it, I want to invite our listeners to call us. We are here to hear your stories, hear your insights, answer your questions, offer guidance and advice if we can. The number is 816-251-3555. I still get my notes. I I don't bother to memorize (laughs) that phone number. I guess I could under duress, but... Anyway, please join us because we'd love to hear from you. I would say my, um, you know, unofficial definition of good communication is when I feel like two people can express themselves to the fullest and feel safe, feel heard, feel reciprocated, and that you're sort of operating on mutual wavelengths. That's probably my ideal, right? Yeah, you and I have that. We do. We do have that. Right. Yeah. That's the reason we're doing the show, really. I know. Because we realize we have that kind of fluidity together. Yeah, we do. Um, and you spoil me with that because it's not an easy thing to find. <laughs> but that's a whole other story. You know that I've talked to you about that before. Um, so I'm thinking about like when I was growing up, what were my lessons in communication? What were my examples and my models You know, I was a very talkative kid. I asked a lot of questions. 
I don't remember how expressive I was. And um, I'd have to really go back and, and think about that. But I was definitely chatty. And um, but I didn't learn the depths of I think maybe the reason communication is such a big deal to me as, you know, as I've gotten older is because I didn't learn the tools for it, like in our, you know, in our household. Now, like looking back at the time, obviously I didn't know, but there was a lot of um, talking around and not having like direct communication and also not having a safe place to express certain emotions. So I never really learned how to express anger. That's something that I've only recently learned about in the last, like, maybe 10 years, believe it or not. Um, but I, I I don't know. I just uh, – it's interesting how we find our way to it because I was also, like, Miss Oratorical Contest person, you know, delivering speeches and winning contests. And <laughs> maybe I was compensating in some way. Who knows? What about I, you? I could see you doing that, actually. Yeah. I was a little nerdy on that, on that level, yes. Miss Oration. Yes, I have little trophies and plaques and everything. Um, uh, speaking of anger, um, I was never, <laughs> I was never allowed to express my anger. Mm-hmm. Well, allowed. My sister did it, and because my sister and my father were going at it all the time, I thought, I don't like this kind of experience. I'm not going to do that. And so I suppressed my anger. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until yesterday that I started uh, being able to express myself. <laughs> well, I'm glad you finally got it out that it's not festering any longer after a few decades. Thank you so much. Yeah. The, the other thing that stands out for me, which I told you in pre-production, is that my father, uh, when people ask me what kind of relationship I had with my dad, I always say the same thing, which is he spoke to me twice in for the first 18 years of yeah, my life. Yeah, that's such a, um, that's a, I mean, that's a big statement. Isn't it? Mm-hmm. And so um, kids always take this personally. Kids are very good at taking everything personally. Mm-hmm. And I just thought I was valueless. I mean, mm-hmm. my father wouldn't talk to me. He didn't seem to like me. He didn't seem to approve of me. And he always used to criticize me. This is not a good way to start life. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's only up from there. <laughs> so look at you now. Up or down, right? But <laughs> luckily, yeah. it went up. Yeah, I mean, I really relate to that. my own sweat and blood. Yeah, <laughs> I really relate to that. Right, it definitely, it's a it's a ride when you have to kind of work, um, heal all this, all this stuff. But um, yeah, I never really felt like I had a safe place to express, definitely not difficult emotions, like I said, like um, anger, probably especially, or dissatisfaction um, with my parents. There was no room for that. Um and so, yeah, that was something that was definitely um, some missing tools from the toolbox that I had to make, you know, that I had to learn. So I think maybe that's part of the reason that I um, value direct communication so deeply is too, because it probably. wasn't something, yeah, it's not something that either of us really experienced, right? Well, my mother saved me. She was a really good communicator mm-hmm. and she appeared to love me. So uh, I got some love in the household. <laughs> You're funny today. Thank you. You're welcome. So let's talk about um, some of the different types of communication issues that um, we feel that people that we've experienced and that um, sort of pervade our society these days. And for the ones that spark any sort of examples that we can relate to, we'll share some of those stories, right? Mm -hmm. So the first one is placating. My favorite one. So I think you and I both um, have mastered the art of placating conversation. Yes, we right? have. Mm-hmm. You know, and you grow up in, uh, again, my household where, you know, my mom, based on her makeup, ruled the roost. Um, you know, the whole homeostasis of the family is based around, around keeping one person happy. And you really learn to read a room, which is a something that's a huge benefit mm-hmm. to me now. But you also learn that everything's at the expense of your own feelings and your own desires and your own words of expression because you're too busy trying to keep somebody else happy. Mm-hmm. Right? You too? Abs- oh, absolutely. Um, what did I learn growing up in terms of placating? 
I learned to do it well, mm -hmm. right? I, I, I've told people I have a PhD in placating. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so you know my big story. Should I tell that story? Yeah, please do. So when I was 36, I was in a men's group, which was lovely. And we were in that men's group for many, many years. And um, I was a placater from the moment I opened my eyes on earth. And so during that meeting, I made this decision that I didn't want to do it anymore. I would placate everybody because I didn't feel lovable. That's why placaters are on the planet. Right. And so what I told my uh, men's group was that if I play, I had an opportunity, if I placated once, that I would give, I actually gave them $200 to put in escrow. That they would they would give two hundred dollars to the American Nazi Party. Mm -hmm. I did have the opportunity to go back to a person that I placated with, and tell them what I really felt or really meant, and be honest about it. But if I didn't do that, it was going to go to the American Nazi Party. So, so everybody loves that story. What happens with that, and I still use it in, in different ways with clients is that I woke up mm. that placating was much, much better or worse. I would not placate rather than send money to the American Nazi Party. It kept me conscious. It kept me present. And it allowed me to break the cycle. So does that mean none of that money actually got sent? Or None. did you cheat? Okay, wow, that's pretty impressive. You really broke that habit, like there was enough of an incentive. I really to, wanted to do wow. that. It's amazing that that, um, I'm glad that that worked, and I understand why it would. Another version would be withholding, right? People that, I guess there's different ways of kind of defining the idea of withholding communication, not sharing your full self, not sharing how you feel, feeling not safe to express your fullest expression of yourself. Is that how you would define withholding? Absolutely. It, it comes from fear. Yeah. Fear of rejection. Uh, that actually went on with a client I had this morning who didn't want to set healthy boundaries with her one-month boyfriend because if she said that she wanted to go out to dinner or go to a museum with him, instead of just spending time at his apartment, that he would reject her. Mm. That's so kind she of has, she has withheld a lot. There's also crossover with withholding and placating in an, an example like that. Like I can definitely relate to that for so many years. Um, especially probably in romantic relationships where I didn't want to, I wasn't super conscious of it. I mean, now looking back, I can see um, where I didn't want to share full aspects of myself or opinions of certain things and wanted to be agreeable for the same reason, because you're afraid you're not going to be desirable to somebody or that it's not going to continue or you're going to scare them away if you're too honest. Exactly. We all do common. it. Yeah. It's pretty universal. Yeah, I think it's really common. Another one is um, controlling communicators. I would define this as somebody who, uh, well, sort of dominates a conversation, maintains sort of a one-sidedness, a lack of reciprocity, a lack of listening, sometimes even more than that, like a dogma that kind of gets pushed at you all the time. So there's like an impenetrability to the energy of the conversation mm -hmm. or lack of a conversation, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Most people who are like that, A, are afraid of quiet. B, are afraid if they stop talking, they're not going to be relevant. Mm -hmm. <laughs> C, they're obnoxious. <laughs> But, you know, it's really a feeling of not being valuable enough. Right. And needing to take up all the space. Right. I was just going to say, really connect with the um, not valuable enough thing, because I, I'm thinking of um, a few people that I've known along the way and, and somebody in my life now where 
um, yeah, there's definitely an energy of like, if I stop talking, I'm not going to be interesting or I'm not going to be, um, entertaining enough. And the idea of, like you said, creating some receptivity or some silence is scary. So it's really, um, I feel like there was, was it in Eckhart Tolle's, um, the power of now? No, I'm sorry. Um, a new earth. I feel like I might've read something about that way back when, you know, the idea of like people that, you know, if you, this is a little bit of a departure, but if you laugh too much or talk too fast, it's, it's just your way of being afraid almost of yourself. It is. It yeah. really is. That's all it is because, um, We'll get to this later, but spiritual communication right. really is predicated on an ability to be still inside. Right. And that's what we want to get to today once we get through a few more of these uh, is to bring back the spirituality of conversation because it seems to have gotten lost in a very utilitarian world these days. So um, that's really one of our big intentions of, of covering this topic today. How about passive aggressive? That's a, that's a fun uh -oh. one. I know that one really well, too. I've been around that most of my life. Well, you want to tell us? Um, you want to withhold that? <laughs> I'm going to be passive aggressive and bring it up and then not talk about it. <laughs> um, yeah, that one's that one's really tricky because, you know, again, you're like doing a dance of navigating. You know, it's just, again, it's a lack of clarity. It's a lack of somebody owning. It's it's almost, it's manipulation, Mm -hmm. when somebody kind of throws out a passive aggressive way of communicating, right? Kind of leading into certain topics and then not really fully coming clean with it. It also means I'm here and I'm not here. Right. You know, try to catch me if you can. Mm -hmm. Do I exist? Maybe I don't exist. Right. I'm not willing to put my stamp on what I'm saying. Right. And but that's also, I, that's how I was with my placating. I was there so loving, so agreeable, but not being honest with myself or the other person. Mm. Um, also, uh, <laughs> we're laughing because I just blew a little bug that was flying in my face away from me, if anybody heard that. Um, I think also passive aggressive is um, kind of in a way, uh, in a way, it's an attempt at getting attention for some people. It is. Right? Sure. Right. Yeah. And not telling the truth about the real feelings. Right. 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 Again, it's like a lack of ownership. It, it's, it also suggests a lack of comfort with your own truth. Absolutely. That's, that's the bottom line of it. That is the, that's, that is the bottom line. And then finally, um, honest and dishonest, which again, feels so basic. Mm -hmm. But I think a lot of people are afraid of being straightforward. You know, going it's going on today politically. It, it oh my gosh, that's no, we're not discussing politics. Oh my gosh, yeah, I've been not happy about the last few days, especially. It's Ugh. just, it's amazing how we can buy into if, if something's repeated enough, then certain right. you know, suddenly there's some truth to it, supposedly. That seems to be the latest tactic. Um, I think a lot of people are afraid to be honest, maybe because they don't feel um, safe with it being received. Mm hmm. Um, I think that, I don't know, for me, honesty is such a virtue. You know, when you take those personality tests, I think it's my number one personality trait. I'm, I'm so impressed by that. A lot of people don't like it though. No, I you know, know. It's all in the delivery too. A lot of people it, aren't, don't feel comfortable with it. It depends how diplomatic you are about it. Right. Some people are very undiplomatic about what they have to say, honestly. Mm-hmm. And it can be very hurtful and the other person can get defensive very quickly. Right. So that's something about communication. We want to communicate in a way that doesn't cause immediate defensiveness. Exactly. Because then nothing is gained. Right. Right. So all of this, and we bring these um, up before we take our first caller, uh, we bring all these up just as a way to kind of shine a light on the different ways that you might be showing up in your own dynamics and relationships with aspects of these things. And just to um, start to become aware, you know, that they exist um, in the name of creating a, a safer dynamic and a better means of communication with people around you, whether it's at work or in, you know, under your roof or with strangers on the street, it sort of all applies. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So we've got our first caller. Um, let's see here. Hi, caller. Are you there? 
Yeah, are you talking to me? We are talking to you. Hi, what's your name and where are you calling from? Uh, um, I'm Lisa, and I'm calling from Petaluma, California, and I love this topic today. This, this is wonderful, what you guys are talking about. Well, thank you, number one, for listening and for joining us. Do you have a comment or a question when it, at, that pertains to the idea of communication? <laughs> I do. I do. I'm a mother with a daughter. And um, I have a daughter, a grown daughter, who's almost 50. And um, we often get into disagreements that I'm, at this age, embarrassed to say. Um, she, she has this habit of asking me my opinion about something. And if my answer doesn't suit her, she'll just shut me down and out, and I'm just not sure what to do about this. I want to be authentic. I want to be myself. I want to be honest, and yet I keep falling into this trap. So anything that you would have to uh, to say about this, I'm wide open. <laughs> well, do you, so number one, thank you for sharing that. And you're, uh, I'm going to venture to say you are far from being alone with this dynamic. Have you ever asked your daughter why she asks you questions that she doesn't want to hear answers to? Have you ever broached this with her? I have, but I don't remember what she said because I'm so shocked about being shut out. I <laughs> My other question to you, just to kind of get a bit a better sense so that we can um, offer you some some guidance here, is have you ever tried to bring it up when you're not in the throes of that dynamic, you know, on a day when she's not looking for your advice and you're just having like an innocent, you know, conversation about the weather? Have you ever tried to bring it up there? Well, it might not be so heated. Well, as I, a... you, you know, I think this goes back to what you said earlier, the reason that a lot of um, that I'm not forthcoming there is I just don't feel safe. I'm scared. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So no, I haven't. I haven't. I could stick my toe in that water. <laughs> I mean, that might be that, that that's sort of the first thing that I might suggest is to bring it up on, on a day when it's not the dynamic that you're in. So it might feel a little safer. And yeah, it is a leap of good, you know, communication, shifting communication and kind of broaching all these different or trying to undo all these different categories of challenge communication. I'll take courage, too. It's all a little bit of a risk. So maybe that's the yeah, first step. Is first thing for you would be to decide that your relationship and the idea of having a safe space with her is, is enough of a priority to dip your toe in and see if you can come up with a gentle way to bring it up with her. If she doesn't want to hear it and she's not aware of it, then clearly you might have your answer as to the kinds of limitations or parameters. But it, I don't know. I sense that it might be yeah, yeah. Uh, might behoove you, number one, just to bring it up with her. That's that's part of communication, that's too, is just the idea of courage. Yeah. That's a point. That would be good for me too to um, to get some courage there. I think this Thank another a couple of things I have for you. Sometimes I have my clients write um, letters or emails to people, and I do that because people tend to read an entire letter, maybe twice, three times, even if they get defensive. Because in a conversation, and I'm certainly conversation is step one, if you can do it, but if you can't, then uh, doing it that way through a letter, letting your daughter know that you love her, that you want to have good communication with her, that um, sometimes when she asks you for things and you think you're giving her the best answer, you get in a jam. That would be one way. The second way is more esoteric. Uh -huh. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh -huh. the, the second way is more esoteric, and I like it because it's worked for a lot of people, which is you go into a meditation, and you do this for a few weeks, and you imagine that your daughter actually isn't shutting you down anymore, but she's more open to listen to your solution and you, you actually feel a rapport of being established between you and a rising of love. 
And even though, even though it sounds esoteric, I love I've, had, I've had extraordinary results with this when people practice that. I love that. It's almost like um, visualization, sort of trying to create your scenario before you step into it. Do, do any of those connect for you, Lisa? Do you resonate? I love, I, I love them both. And um, I really love the, the, the second one um, about going into a meditation. It just brings me so much peace because then the focus is on me and expansiveness inside myself. I don't have any needs inside of that. Right. And it's safe, t- safe territory because it's just you. Yeah, yeah, that's wonderful. Thank you, thank you. You're welcome. Glad you called. I also sense that that's you. you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for your for your question, and we we'd love to hear back and hope that hope that she can resolve that with her daughter. Um, It's also possible that that creates a space where you start to check yourself and how you show up in a conversation without you know whatever we're projecting in and our agendas. We're going to go to a break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk more about the spiritual side of communi- uh, spiritual side of communication, and we're going to help people to become better listeners. So we'll be right back. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to One Soul Radio with Steve Hassenberg and Kelly Alpert. Welcome back, everybody, to One Soul Radio. <laughs> We're having a little chuckle because we have fun conversations during the commercial breaks. So um, anyway, we are talking about the idea of good communication. Is good communication a lost art? What do you guys all think out there? Do you all feel like you're good communicators? Are you happy with the way you have communication around your, you know, in, in your life with the people that you love, people that you work with? Or is it something that could stand to be improved? And part of the reason that we wanted to do this show is because we just, or, you know, at least I've had pretty strong feelings about the idea that it's really gone to pot, the whole concept of communication. You know, I think we've all gotten a little distracted, a little lazy, a little fearful, whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. we don't even remember how to look each other in the eye anymore. I feel like there's a whole, now I'm just sounding like an old lady. I feel like there's a generation of kids that don't really know how to communicate because they're so deeply lured into the idea of technology. You know, that's what's been their friend and their teacher from for their whole life. We're going to get to that a little bit more. Let's talk about, let's move to sort of the, the spiritual side of communication, because I think one of the distinctions we really are intent on making today is just the difference between the beauty of what conversation can accomplish from, and, and the spiritual piece of it, and then how often we sort of fall back on the utilitarian piece of it. It's just to communicate information or to express a few quick words about what we're having for dinner to our, you know, family member. And sometimes the idea of depth and real connection gets lost. No, that's true. Right? So you want to talk about sacred communication? Sacred conversation, that was a term that you actually taught me. Yeah, you know where I got that. I I was doing, I had a band for a while mm-hmm. called The Rumi Project. Mm-hmm. And uh, we played music, and I recited poetry and told tales about Rumi's life. <laughs> I would have loved to have seen that. Well, it's going to be redone. Oh, soon, good. As oh, soon good. as we take the masks off. Oh, good. Yeah. And um, one thing I learned about the Sufis, and this was back in the 12th, 13th century, but still is true now. Um, is that they indulged in something called sacred communication Mm. or sacred conversation. And that sacred conversation would be two people sitting together. The point of sitting was to first listen, 
with the kind of listening that I discussed in the the last part of the show, which was their own developed inner silence. So that was also met with a kind of speaking with what they called great dignity. So was it telepathic communication or were they actually verbalizing? They were communicating and they were communicating about holy things. Mm. They were communicating about God. And the idea was that both of them would fall into a remembrance of who they really were and that there'd be a gorgeous, precious reunification not only with the two that were speaking who would become one, but a reunification with God. Now that rocks my world. <laughs> you want to do that? Yes, I do want to do that. You know I do. Okay. Um, it's so beautiful. It kind of feels like, um, you know, what you read about with most indigenous cultures that were less mired in all the trappings that modern society offers and we're closer to God, closer to nature, closer to their their source, mm-hmm. closer to telepathic communication. I know the Aborigines had, um, you know, founded on a, a big history of um, speaking telepathically and quietly or silently to each other through the portal of source or God or whatever word you want to use. I could tell you one interesting little story about communication at that level. The Native American Indians would always settle near rivers, but there are a lot of reasons for that um, that you can imagine. First of all, bathing and water source and all that. But one of the more esoteric reasons was that they would listen to the river Mm. and the river would be talking to them about what was going on upstream and they could actually hear other tribes and uh, have communication with those tribes speaking to the river itself. That's beautiful. It's the so reason you that, love that stuff. You know, I you know I love all that all stuff. Right. It's the reason I yeah. I mean, definitely, in some former incarnation, at right. least there was a there was some indigenous activity going on in my world, for sure. Probably south of the border. I feel like. Um, but yeah, I'm very, very moved by that. And it's just, there's a purity to it. Um, yeah, I just, I feel like it's become an exception, at least in my life, not a rule that to have a pure flow of communication where I feel like I'm at my fullest capacity in terms of freedom, safety, reciprocity, listening, you know, flow of back and forth. That's when I'm the happiest. That's when mm-hmm. I feel like I have the most resonance. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also uh, something that's more of an accept. Like I said, it's more of a rarity. I feel like I don't feel it as much as, as often as I'd like to. When I do, it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. And I also feel, and this is generalizing that as a society, it's not something that we really prioritize. You know? I mean, uh, do you agree with that or do you think that's... I totally agree with that. We don't have, in quotes, the time to do that. Um, But while you were talking, I realized that I have the wonderful gift given to me through the work that I do, that often when when I'm talking with somebody and we're moving into a new realm for them, something that they've wanted to achieve and all of a sudden it's all coming into place and we're both feeling it and there's extraordinary energy going on and electricity and it's like oh my god that's Mm. what it's been yeah i have that feeling so it's a it's a gorgeous precious thing it's beautiful that's really beautiful and you i mean when we've talked about it you've reminded me it's resonance it is right? right. It's really an energetic, vibratory connectivity. It is, it, and it's it, really a beautiful thing. It's electrical. Yeah. It's physiological. It's psychological. It's intellectual. It's emotional. It's spiritual. I feel like you're writing a song. <laughs> I heard some like rhythm in there. As you're talking, I'm realizing too that um, all the more of a case to bring this back, mm-hmm. make that, you know, I mean, we talk about 
Brene Brown, for example, who's brought, you know, um, vulnerability, the concept of vulnerability into the mainstream, you know, people that are talking about intimacy as if that's what we've gotten away from, as if any of that's a novelty when mm -hmm. really our basic human desire is to connect and be in communion. And so it's interesting to me how suddenly it feels like that's the exception, not the rule. And, it is the exception. And when you connect, when you shed layers, when you become vulnerable, when you open up, when you ask important or, you know, mm -hmm. de you know deeply um, interested questions, that level of bonding, I mean, both people will leave feeling really satisfied and really connected and it's moved. It's incredible. Medicine. It's medicine. It's renewing. Mm -hmm. It's revitalizing to be heard, to be known, to be received, to be honored, to be loved. Mm -hmm. All of those things can take place in good communication. To be received. To be received. To be received. I mean, really, as we're talking about it, I'm thinking, wow, why is this not the, again, why is it not the norm? Just mm -hmm. it's puzzling to me, you know? Let's talk a little bit before we take our next caller about the 21st century and what it's done to communication. Oh, you know? God. Um, and, you know, I'm not the most patient and understanding person when it comes to response times and tr people trying to have conversations with me in texts and trying to express real emotions in typing. I mean, and I've done it, too. It's not like I'm so, you know, pure either, but... Um, I feel like we have gotten so lost in this abyss of stilted, you know, X amount of characters to express ourselves, to apply for a job in 150 characters, to, um, to tweet, to stare at screens. You know, what in the world is going on? Why? 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 Well, listen, everything has two sides. Technology is a beauty. I so love, they say. I love so much about technology. Yeah, I appreciate yeah. aspects, and then there's things that I hate. And so we become very interconnected right. on one level, and then we become so disconnected on another level. And uh, something that I was talking to you about, maybe a little off topic, but I found it so interesting... When I was working with this 15-year-old boy who was addicted to video games, I would um, spend time with him. I'd ask him to bring his computer to the office, and I said, let's play games together. Because huh. what I, not that I'm good at them, and he was quite masterful, but I asked him to do that because I wanted to get into his world. Right. And so what he told me eventually after he decided to talk to me was that... Um, the avatars that he was creating in his games represented so many of the strengths, so many of the aptitudes that he never felt he had in the real world. Right. And so escaping into his avatar and playing a game at a very, very high level with other kids and winning so much became much more interesting than participating in the life, his own life. And I just found that fascinating. Yeah, and heartbreaking too. And I'm thinking right. about how you know I'm not a, I'm not a parent in this lifetime. Even if my heart is parental, um, I don't have kids, and I my heart just goes out to parents nowadays. Like, how in the world do you try to create a whole, a full human being, a complete human being who can love themselves and not desire avatars and not hide in, you know, screens and phones and tablets all day long? I mean, how in the world do you? compensate for the part of us that's become so mechanical and kind of metallic. That's, and, a, that's hard. And, and you know, the other part of it for me is the anonymity. Right. Like anonymity has some really good features, which means you can say things more honestly without taking responsibility for it. Yeah, I wouldn't call that's that a good feature. That's the good side of it. There's yeah. a good, could be a good side. But it basically is not that good. Because um, kind of the worst parts of humanity can come out on the internet in terms of condemnation, hate speech, conspiratorial stuff, 
uh, with nobody taking responsibility for it. And it just whips people into a frenzy. And there's so much misinformation. Um, so that part of it, I don't know what we're going to do with. Right. It's really um, the idea of having to compensate. It's kind of that high tech, high touch. I'm sorry, high tech, high touch society that um, so John Nesbitt um, wrote about in Megatrends 2000. He wrote it like back in the 80s, uh-huh. um, foreseeing exactly where we are now, that the more we get um, kind of disenfranchised and separated by technology, the more we're going to crave, crave each other's human touch. And I think COVID has only uh, magnified that. So maybe there will be, maybe the pendulum will swing the other way. But I do think it's really important to try to, um, at least if nothing else, even if I can't, I don't know what the secret sauce is, to at least let's become a little bit more aware of what's going on instead of just getting so caught in it all the time. I would actually like to buy some of your secret sauce. Oh, really? All right. Well, I have it bottled. You have them. There's mild and spicy. I don't have a, you know, the unspicy. I'd All like right, a dozen, see. please. Okay. I will send them to you tomorrow. Okay. Let's take our caller. Hi, caller. Are you there? Is that me? <laughs> it is you. Hi. What's your name and where are you calling from? Hi. My name is Nicole and I'm calling from San Diego. How are you? Hi, Nicole. Thanks for joining us Hi. today. Do you have a thought about yeah. communication or question? I do. Well, just such a great topic and such a great show as always. Um, Thank I, you. This subject is really, you know, I, I'm finding myself very disturbed by the lack of what I consider, I guess, old-fashioned communication um, and mostly related, I guess, to technology. But I want to say real quickly that I consider myself a good communicator, but in the the types that you were listing, the placator, I'm like, oh, yeah, I have a bit of that because of my fear of abandonment and so and codependency. So I, on the phone or in other ways, I am, I, you know, if I have to out myself to say, yes, I'm afraid sometimes to tell the truth. I can do it in a face-to-face because then I think I have you trapped, you know, trapped audience. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. but really what I wanted to say is that, yes, I'm finding it really difficult to kind of exist in how the world is right now, which to me, communication, it's really like those beautiful stories, Steve, that you told um, or examples, like it's really connection. I mean, if you sit and stare into someone's eyes and connect, you know, or use words, to me, that's what it is, but it's the two-way street of it. And I'm finding it, I'm just finding it really disheartening sort of the style out there seems to just be people are becoming more autonomous and um, and then they just send off a little one-way electronic communique. And, um, you know, I have a recent example, a, a friend, I'll just call him Charlie, and we're in two very intimate groups, me, him, and another person, and then a different group, me, him, and another person. And we meet every week over Zoom. It's very intimate. And Recently, I got two identical texts from him because I'm in two groups that said, I've changed my priorities and focus and I will no longer be attending the blankety blank group. And I'm like, really? Mm -hmm. You know, so I find it such an easy way for people to avoid Mm -hmm. any interaction and um, that we're missing the two-way street. And when you do have a conversation about something, so much can be unraveled and unwind and discovered um so anyways i don't know if that's a question but i'm really i i I really find it challenging another opposite example is a friend there was a conflict about thanksgiving because of covid i didn't want to go to her house and she was mad at me and i didn't know it and i saw her the night before and she's like i'm mad at you i'm like how can you be mad at me because of covid (laughs) but we had a conversation and we it went it wound all around there were hard things said the beautiful Mm -hmm. things said stuff about our friendship and had that not happened you know it would have just been a text about okay no problem and Mm -hmm. then she'd probably be resentful so i also find that there's so much almost danger like in the unsaid Okay, yeah. that's my not question, just I guess comment. Yeah, the danger in the unsaid. I love the way A you lot, said that. That's, that's so good. Um, right, this, uh, as much as we value um, our silence and stillness, as we talk about a lot on the show, there's um, there can be a lot of omissions and fake narratives that get born in too much silence, too. You're reminding me of um, a conversation I had with a close friend girlfriend of mine um, in the last few days and we were talking about how we've both had experiences where 
people that, uh, friends, um, suddenly went MIA. She was telling me about somebody who was a longtime friend of hers, like for decades and has now just suddenly not talked to her over the last many months inexplicably. And the amount of when you're left alone to kind of figure that out, the amount of like the, the stories that you write in your head can be <laughs> more treacherous than just taking a moment to be bold and simply reaching out and asking. I mean, there's only so many times you can try if somebody's not receptive, but it is mm-hmm. a, you know, a lot of, I think what we're talking about today is it, it's, um, it's a bold move. It takes courage to try to get quiet and not, uh, not react to all of the different energy that the other person that you're at least feeling or think you're feeling from the other person and keep your intention clear and come from that place as opposed to the history of your relationship or the history of the last conversation you had or what you're anticipating them to be like, like our first caller with the, um, the pattern that she experiences with her daughter, you know, we get sort of, um, habituated into expecting what it's going to be instead of just coming from a place of trying to fix it. And, um, and often it works, you know, I I keep thinking of Don Miguel Ruiz in the four agreements because he talks so much, you know, the, um, at least two of the agreements, right. Don't make assumptions and then be impeccable with your word are floating in my head right now because they both speak to the idea of just creating, you know, holding a ground for good intention and clear communication with people. I don't know if that really um, speaks to your thoughts, Nicole, but it's what's coming to yes, mind for all of, me. All of it does. Yeah, all of it does. And um, I, I do think that, like, the lack of it leads to things just going underground, you know, internally, mm-hmm. potentially, and then people drift apart. It's like a relationship, you know, because things aren't cleaned up or said or, or whatever. And I do also think that perhaps people don't want to listen no, you know, I think the art of that's why Steve has a job forever. Um, <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> um, to be heard, I don't know, Steve would have to say if that's true, I think is like a really core thing for people, you know, at different for different levels, but people don't really want to listen anymore. And um, they just want to shoot out their little one way ticket um, because of technology, partly, but it makes it really easy for people to drift. I think. Right, and hide. Those are great comments, mm-hmm. uh, Nicole. And I just wanted to say, after I gave up placating, when what I found <laughs> was that I was engaged in more honest communication with people. Hello? <laughs> yeah, I was engaged with in more honest conversation with people. And what I found, which was a surprise was those people started engaging in more honest communication with me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. the risk is worth taking. You set mm-hmm. the tone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Have you, um, Nicole, before we get to our, um, our action steps, I'm just another quick follow-up question for you. Have you had the opportunity and the desire to shift it with anybody that you're talking about and sort of step out of your comfort zone and maybe try to, shift the um, dynamic with somebody and just do a little experiment? Well, I'm usually the more communicating one. I'm always the one to bring it up, but I am trying to be more, um, yeah, I just, yes, I'm always challenged with my fear of abandonment, but yeah. I, am, I understand. I Actually, recently I had a really, I had a two-week little romance thing with an Italian guy. That's another story. But, but. <laughs> oh, please it, call it back ended, and tell but, us about that on another show. <laughs> okay. But, but, you know, it ended the other day on Tuesday. And the thing is, I feel so grateful because I did share in the beginning with him about it really hurts even with a new human being that you semi get your two human beings and then people just ghost and disappear and nobody really owes anybody anything. But you have, there is a form of a connection. And I am so appreciative and grateful because we had a 45 minute conversation. We talked and we, it's, it's not going to happen, but he was willing to step up and have that phone call with me. And part of that is that I, you know, created with him. But it was it was wonderful. And mm, it was beautiful. sad, but, you know. I'm, yeah, I'm glad beautiful. you got that. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you for calling today. I appreciate it. Thanks, you guys. Great topic, as always. Thank you. I'm realizing before we get to our action steps how much of a chicken I am a lot of times, too. I second guess 
Is it important enough? Have we known each other long enough? Am I being too deep? Is it too much? I'm very good at that. I need to take a little bit of a lesson from Nicole and her, um, her bravery with somebody that she didn't know for very, for very long. Action steps, ways to become a better communicator. Here's what we're going to offer you today. Number one, identify what type of communicator category you fall into and try doing the opposite for one day. So if you're a placator, like Steve's past former himself, um, try to be more of a, um, uh, a self-possessed communicator. Try to stand in your own space and be a little bit more bold about what you'd like to, you know, speak your mind. If you're passive, try initiating. Number two, do a half day media fast, at least a half a day. If you want to go longer, you can, and note how you feel. Do you miss this form of communication as much as you thought you did? Or maybe there's a part of you that will ultimately grow into it and enjoy it. And third, and I love this one that Steve came up with before our show today, write yourself a love letter. How often do we write ourselves a love letter? And let's talk quickly about why that's something that can really contribute to people's communication skills. Well, what I would suggest, to people, why it, it's so good to honor yourself, it's not something we do very often. Right. And I have people, my clients do this at times, and you can think about, I love you because, I want to honor you because, I admire you because. Um, there are all kinds of ways that you can celebrate yourself. If you celebrate yourself a lot, not too much, not egotistically, <laughs> <laughs> but just enough, then you'll find yourself being a better communicator because you'll have more comfort with yourself and you'll be able to listen in a, in a kind of different way. Right. And ultimately, I think the bottom line is when you start, you know, when you love yourself more, so it sounds so trite and cliche, but it really is the bottom line of so much of what we talk about. Everything improves. Everything it improves. Does. You fill in all those gaps, all those holes, all those shadows, you all do. those caves. And it really, it's amazing how it really shifts things. So quickly to repeat identify what type of communicator you are and try doing the opposite for one day. Have a little bravery. Try to take on a different persona with your communication skills. Do a half day fat media fast and see how you feel and write yourself a love letter. Try to recognize all the beautiful facets of yourself. With that, we'd like to thank you all dear listeners for joining us. Thank you always our callers for your candor and your hearts Thank you, Unity Online Radio. You can find the podcast on this website. You can find us on Instagram at One Soul Radio. You can find us on Facebook at One Soul Radio Podcast. Please engage with us. Let us know topics you'd like to have us cover, issues you'd like us to speak to. Next week, abundance and scarcity, our favorite topic. Same wow. place, same time. Thank you all so much. Have a beautiful week. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.